0: Okay, welcome everybody, Um, I'm joined today by uh, Charles Coves and Rosie Cornell, I know Rosie quite well, Um, Rosie we've been talking about doing something for a long time now but we haven't actually done anything, so today finally we've we've made it, Um, Charles, oh sorry, let me go back a second, Rosie you're a lawyer, Um, yes I am. What would you like to, what's your speciality? Uh, uh, Family law at the moment,
1: but we're starting to deal with all of the COVID mandates.
0: Right. So it's it's kind of a change for me. Right. And and that's what we're here to talk about today. Uh, Charles, you also have a legal background. Um, You're the... The the, the the passion I, advocate.
2: I am Australasia's passion provocateur. So people say, what is a passion provocateur?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, think of me as a mental laxative. I help people <laughs> unblock constipated thinking. I've had people also say to me, a psychologist, psychiatrist told me that hmm, you are Viagra for the mind. So there's another description. But for 28 years, after stopping practice from, of the law for 20 years, I've been a professional speaker, executive coach, and, and facilitator of programs, and then also for the last 10 years, I've been giving legal strategic advice on, on helping parents with vaccine-injured children. Mm. And so And so when COVID hit two years ago, I was very in tune with the whole game of jabbing kids with poison so so i immediately took a deep interest in covid 19 and that takes up as much time as anything and at the same time andrew i have a deep deep passion for freedom and so one of the things that i teach is is teaching people to be free to pursue their passion and the law is one of the ways in which we preserve our freedom a crucial way that we preserve freedom And so I'm also CEO of an industrial hemp company. But that's another story not so relevant to COVID-19. But it is relevant in the sense of medicinal cannabis, um, the freedom to have these wonderful, wonderful herbs that are restricted by government fiat. So I'm, I'm opposed to unnecessary government restrictions. So there you are.
0: You just cut out at the very end there. Um, but Charles, I'm I'm disappointed I haven't met you already because I, I think uh I think I need some of those therapies that you're describing. I'm sure that my brain is well and truly locked up. Um everybody, we've just had a late arrival, Scotty. Um something's going on with your footage there, mate, and you're on mute. Are you there, Scott? Now, for everyone who's wondering who he, he is, Scotty's one of the other independent guys um, around Perth, like myself. Scott um, runs a media channel on YouTube and Rumble called Scorpion Media. And of course, I'm on YouTube and Rumble as well as the Bellman Report. Um, something I'd like to say while we before Scotty gets settled there is that We absolutely have to start pushing Rumble uh, to become more of a mainstream. Um, I've also uh, jumped into BitChute. Problem with BitChute is that you're limited to the length of the video that you can put up or the size of the file, I should say. Uh, So Rumble's really where it's at. and. Due to the incredible censorship, which I know Scotty's going to talk about, but Charles, you have just mentioned off camera as well that you have had a great deal of censorship on YouTube. Would you like to quickly mention some of the issues that you've found there?
2: Yes, I've I produce a weekly show called The Charles Kovacs Show on YouTube, it's also a podcast. Same content, so you can see me or listen to me or both. And uh, I put up pretty innocuous stuff in one sense, but I'm certainly in fighting in favor of freedom. And I've had two strikes for two shows that I've put up, and the most most recent one was not even part of my show, but it's just onto my channel. And it was a QA session that I recorded of a session that wasn't even my opinion. Yep. And people were questioning the narr- questioning the narratives, questioning the bona fides of government actions. You cannot that, do that. that. Got a, you got me a second strike, and it's totally disgusting, immoral, unethical, and for YouTube, anyone I, I, I think YouTube is a total disgrace. And the only reason why they get away with it is because
0: they can. Uh, mate, I couldn't agree hey, more. Can you guys hear That's me? Something That we'll come back to in just a moment. Scotty, yes, mate, we can hear you. Um, how are you? Okay. We're, oh, yeah, reco- we're, we're recording, mentions, mate. Guys, so you, you're, you're in the show, Scotty. How are you going, mate? Okay. You're all good?
3: I, I, I'm good. I promise I won't swear or anything like that, but... Great to to catch up with
0: you guys. Scotty, also, you have a legal background. I've just mentioned while you were getting ready there that you're Scorpion Media on YouTube and Rumble um, and you and I have spent quite a bit of time together over the last few months. Um, Mate, can you tell us a little bit about your background?
3: Okay, so ba- basically, look, I've been doing advocacy stuff for like 20 years, but I started out working for Hill Tribes from uh, the former South Vietnam that were called the Montagnards. That's the old French colonial term for the Hill Tribe people. And we went lobbying. I worked for an organization. Um, these guys kept fighting the Vietnam War until 1992. So I, I represented that group in the... Uh, sort of the advocacy international level. We went to Geneva, Washington, and Brussels. We were lobbying what the Vietnamese government uh, had been doing to them. And that did that for about 10 years. So what did, you know, Washington lobbying the governments, uh, you know, Geneva, the UN, uh, and and did about a dozen or or so, um, uh, you know, lobbying uh, initiatives, you know, one or two weeks at a time. We were charged with terrorism in the U.N. by the uh, by the Vietnamese government in 2002. So th- that's sort of the origins. And then the last 10 years or so, I've been working with the the, the, the Hill Tribe groups from uh, Burma, the Karen, the Kachin, a little bit, and the Arakan Army. Been to been um, out to the front lines in Burma about 70 times across the border. Where am I? And I never realized that I'm going to be fighting... Uh, Well, I'm sort of involved in these sort of Indigenous uh, autonomy movements around the globe, you know, against repressive governments. I never thought I'd be doing it in Perth in my own backyard.
0: Crazy. Crazy to think of. Um, Okay, so everyone, with that, what I'd like to do is we've got a a very interesting video that actually Scotty sent to me um, about the latest Pfizer documents that were released under the Freedom of Information Act in the US on the 1st of April. So I'm going to queue that up right now and we'll quickly watch that. It does go for a few minutes. We won't watch it all, but I just want to get the opener and then maybe we can have an interesting discussion about this. So just bear with me for a second there and I'll transition out, if I can get this to go full screen, here we go. Kim, what's on your radar?
4: Well, another round of Pfizer documents have dropped. This is part of the 340,000 some odd pages the FDA and Pfizer wanted to release over the course of several decades, but instead the group requesting the documents sued and a judge ordered the FDA to make them available by the end of this year. Well, each round of documents is to be delivered on the first of each month. So this past April 1st, no joke, over 11,000 pages were released. Between these documents and another document released on March 24th to the group, a group called Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency, we've learned some bombshells. The first bombshell in the document is that natural immunity works and Pfizer knows it. The clinical trial data showed those with previous infection of COVID had no difference in outcome than those vaccinated. In the limited trial, none of the vaccinated nor those with previous infection resulted in severe disease defined by either the FDA or the CDC. They were broken up into two different groups. The FDA and the CDC define severe COVID slightly differently. The CDC roughly defines it as anyone needing hospitalization, whereas the FDA defines it as anyone needing supplemental oxygen. Either way, there were zero cases of severe COVID in the natural immunity group, whether they were vaccinated or not. And their own data also showed that natural immunity was statistically identical to the vaccine against infection. That's what their data showed. Yet rather than say people with natural immunity don't seem to need the vaccine, which is what they've been saying in Europe, for example, Pfizer instead spun their conclusion and said, quote, final efficacy results show that the vaccine provided protection against COVID-19 in participants with or without evidence of prior infection with SARS-CoV-2. Another revelation. From-
0: so we can continue to watch that. Maybe we can continue to play that a little bit later. But just there in that first minute and a half, <clears throat> an absolute can of worms has opened up. What would, who would like to kick off and and make a comment about what they've just seen there, Rosie? Do you want to start off?
1: Well, it, it's really funny that um, the Pfizer documents actually show that natural immunity worked because the first thing that they used to really push the fear was, and there's no natural immunity. If you get it, you're going to get reinfected and reinfected. You know, you've got to have the vaccine. It's the only way to go. And it just um, boggles the mind that there will be so many people who are still pushing that same line today because they haven't caught up with the latest.
0: And, Charles, just hearing that, that that first minute and a half, uh, <sighs> But, and don't
2: even, frame, don't, don't even frame the question. It is absurd on any basis to claim that a vaccine is better than natural immunity. I have five children. They're all basically vaxxed, and they range from 40 down to 11. And my first lot of children, we would take them to chickenpox parties and measles parties
3: because mm, we knew, everybody that. knows,
2: that natural immunity is where it's about that a vaccine is a mad, bad basis for trying to get immunity. So so, uh, science has been turned on its head. No longer is science science. Science is now anything that pharmaceutical companies say is science.
0: And Scotty, I think it would be, I don't think it would be too far of a stretch to say that um, the vaccine or sorry, let's call it the pharmaceutical companies, have absolutely no interest in making you better, because if they did, they'd be out of business. What do you say to that? Yeah, them?
3: look, I, look. My comment is going to be that virtually starting out by saying everything that the government policies have basically done has failed in the sense of health. I mean, so that begs the question: why were they doing these policies? So let's let's just look briefly look at the um, social distancing completely made up. Uh, let's look at the the masks. They don't work. The, the, the evidence, scientific evidence is that masks don't stop any transmission. Um, that, let's that, carry on. Uh, get back to the vaccine at the end. But um, y- you know, the, the vaccine, the, the alleged, it's a jab really. It's a um, it's not even a vaccine, as we all know, it's a sort of a, a programming of a genes and that kind of thing. None of nothing's worked nothing the government has worked so that's why we see the australian government the west australian government still pumping out masks on kids uh and i think they're trying to recapture something like trying to prove to the people that hey everything we did was wrong it was all it was all false but we did it. we did it in your benefit it was they're trying to um what do you call (sighs) safe face yeah there's clear evidence of
0: that there's clear They're, they're
3: all full of um I will swear they're all full of shit. I mean, basically, the governments are completely in cahoots with the pharmaceutical companies. And the reason is why and how, you know, why were they doing this? And Hmm. I think there's other agendas involved beyond stupidity. But anyway.
0: So, Rosie, you and I are involved in a group called Workers United Western Australia. Um, We're looking at prosecuting the government and, our, and, and the, the members of this group uh, who have employers that force the mandate on them. Where are we at? What's the latest news on that one, Rosie?
1: Um, I believe that the letter's going out to employers and the government to put them on notice. There was a letter that went out earlier from another group that put the government on notice that all of the mandates were illegal and they were in effect breaking the law and, you know, any damage done to a human being will be a criminal offence that they can go to jail for. So I suspect that a lot of the... Um, current resignations and shuffling about is people trying to scramble for safe ground because they figured out all of these things are coming down on them.
0: The thing that really baffles me about all of this, and I'd I'd love to get everyone's feedback on it, is the blatant uh, denial of basic human rights in this, that's the one thing that really drives me crazy. Besides the fact that uh, this is clearly, a, they've admitted that we're in a clinical trial. Technically, what? How do you? How does it? How do governments around the world get away with this kind of crazy? Um, crazy action with no proportionality involved at all no well, we need to have a control group none of that it's just everyone has to take this shot what in the hell's going on here from a legal perspective how are they actually getting away with this well there's a simple two word
2: answer to that simple two word answer Andrew, it's the difference, it's the choice that people have between security and freedom. And the fact is that in the West, through the last 30, 40 years of education, a majority of people would choose security over freedom. And as Matthias or Matthias Desmet, professor of psychology, has eloquently articulated for many people the governments have deliberately run a campaign of fear to drive mass hypnosis that has meant that most people are terrified of COVID. And given the choice, Andrew, do you prefer the human rights and freedoms or do you prefer to be safe? And the truth is that a majority of people choose safety. That's what we're dealing with. And it comes about through the mass hypnosis or Desma calls it, mass formation, mass psychosis. That's what's happened. You talk to anybody and they go, the government says it's dangerous, it's dangerous, and I want to be protected. And the Aussie
0: spirit has disappeared down a plug hole. Totally. I couldn't have said that. That in particular is the thing that drives me nuts that people here in Australia were once known to be, you know, we were the criminals from England. That's how we started. We came out Um, of POMS. I I I
1: tell you what.
0: Yes, Rosie, go.
1: When you start saying, you know, what happened to the larrikin? You know, how come we're all just rolling over? Do you know what response I get? Oh, no one likes them. And I'm like, that's
0: I, that's who we are. That's who we were. What the hell happened? It, it's amazing. It's, it's it really like, it is. I, I'm,
1: I'm sorry, soy boys are not cool. Oh god, we, we are about to be banged <sighs> everywhere for me
3: saying that. But mm. um, um, were we, 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 you guys all born in Australia? Everybody here? Yes. No. Okay, I was, look, I was born in the US, so I'll throw my two cents in that. Yes, look, and I think the Post-World War II, um, Australia was the lucky country, you know, in the 60s, 70s and so forth. The, I think that element is there. And I think the globalist agenda, whether it be World Economic Forum, the Anglo-American establishment, I think, you know, th- this this establishment has worked to sort of uh, garnish control, world world control. And I, I don't think it's a, consp- a mad conspiracy theorist. theorist. To say so, but the Australian spirit's still there, and I think um, look, twenty years ago when I came here to Australia, you couldn't talk politics really. Nobody, it was like she'll be right, man, you're crazy. Don't talk politics. We don't do that shit here. It's like you know, no worries. And but it, it still exists in Australia, and and you've seen the in the spontaneous speeches that I've witnessed over the year, where people just. A working class guy gets up and he talks about, um, you know, being grown up in Ballarat and uh, his family got there. And some of the the, the, the impromptu speeches show that the globalists cannot destroy that spirit. Now, I'm I'm not saying they haven't knocked a lot of it back, but it still exists. It's still there. There's still people fighting. And the the freedom movement has shown that. But it's just my observations that no matter what they do, McGowan says, you know, we're a compliant population. I mean, these guys are these globalists or These they're, they're full of shit that it is still existent in Australian society. But anyway,
0: I think inherently what underlines all of this is that the, the simple fact that the truth is the truth and the truth always mm-hmm. comes out in the end. That's going to be the undoing factor I think. But Rosie where do you think that this concept came from that the government loves you. I have never thought that the government loved me, but so it baffles me.
1: You, you can't ask me that because I've never trusted the government. Because my father raised me to always question what the government does. Perhaps so that's
0: why we're all in right never now. I've
1: fallen in for that. But Charles, what while, do you
0: think? Sorry, while, sorry. Go ahead, Rosie. Sorry. Well,
1: while Scott was talking, he was talking about you know the Aussie spirit, and this morning it was alive and well on Facebook. Now I I limit my time on Facebook only to see what people are actually saying and thinking. And the Australian Labor Party put out these big ads on Facebook with a photo of Scott Morrison saying, you know, he's the root cause of all our problems because he didn't order enough vaccines. And you would think that the Labor Party supporters, all of the glued on Labor Party voters, would be on there saying, oh, you know, we know that you'll order enough vaccines. And of the 460-odd comments at that time, I think every single one of them was, well, you know, end the mandates. It's the Labor premiers that screwed us over. We'll never vote Labor because, you know. And a few people said the only mistake that John Howard made was not locking up the Labor premiers who locked up the people.
0: Mm. And
1: I'm thinking that's a big change. It's, it's uh, however many weeks we are out from the election now, that is a massive change for the Labor Party Facebook page to not yeah, have... The
3: Labor Party is the enemy of the people. This idea, for those, if anybody overseas watching this, the Labor Party is like the Democrats, the Labor in England. They're supposed to be the representative of the working class. The the greatest dictators, so the, I use great, with the... Uh, Caution, but I mean the biggest dictators we had in Australia were Dan Andrews and Mark McGowan. P- pretty mm. much, these guys were some of the worst tyrants, uh, the most evil. I mean, Dan Andrews is um, personified in dictator, you know, as a dictator,
0: mm. and
3: uh, McGowan is just another c- clown behind it, walking in his shadows. They're the worst. The, the Labor Party is worst. I'm not saying advocating vote for Liberal by any means. You know, again, as I said, Coke and uh, Coke and Pepsi, Liberal Labor, yeah. Coke and Pepsi. Don't well, don't treat any of the, labor whole and the Greens.
0: I think we need to, as a country, get rid of those people as fast as humanly possible. But that's a great interlude uh, for you, Charles, because I wanted to get to the point where we were going to talk about Dan Andrews. What's the latest sentiment in Melbourne? In regards to him? Yes, I was I was
2: born in Melbourne many years ago. In fact, I'll be 70 in October. And so I was born in 1952. And the answer to the question of attitude to government is Australia's population at the end of World War II was some 5 million. We're now 26 million.
3: Hmm. There
2: have been massive massive migration. My parents were refugees from Hungary. And just this morning, I went to a funeral of a Hungarian, 93-year-old Hungarian woman who came to Australia in 1956. My parents came in 1949 to get away from what? From communism, Mm. from Russia, from totalitarianism. So it's deeply embedded in my cellular memory that this whole understanding of freedom, and indeed at this funeral, her four children are talking about the fact that she arrives in Australia in 1956 at the age of 28 with her husband and two kids, almost no government support, almost none. And what they were grateful for, and this is the answer to the question of why do we trust government, is because we've had a reasonable government. The problem with democracy is that... Politicians get elected by promising the world. Mm. And so people vote for the world. And so I used to be a tax lawyer for 20 years. So the tax burden on the middle class is massively increased. And so we have been trained that your safety is in reliance on government. And that's what we've got. And the answer to the question then on Daniel Andrews, why is he still a chance to be re-elected in November? Because just like WA, think about this. What percentage of Australians, and it's the same answer right around Australia, what percentage of the voters have suffered, to take Scott's view, on social distancing, jab mandates, lockdowns, masks? Who has won? The answer is 60% of voters. Promise you, 60% of voters. And so the politicians couldn't give a rat's about the 40% that are entrepreneurs, the true job creators, Mm -hmm. the people out there creating their own lives. No, it's the bloody rent seekers. The 60% are the bureaucrats, the public servants, the politicians, JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, Coles, Woolworths, Buddings, big business. Have a look at the stock market. All those executives, they're having a fantastic time. The people suffering are the entrepreneurial sector and the less wealthy sector. And that's why they get away with it. Mark McGowan and Daniel Andrews, and they will be held, and it's part of the work that I'm doing, they will be held to account. So Rosie's committed to that. I'm committed to that because I accuse them both of being criminal. I accuse them both of causing negligent homicide, crimes they are, And they will be hunted down. And I give them that promise. They will be hunted down. The fact, because you get no indemnity when you're a politician, don't think that you can get away with it just because you're a politician. No, because you have, when it's shown the contracts you've signed with Big Pharma, you will be held to account. And Senator Malcolm Roberts said it beautifully. We know what you've done. We will remember what you've done. And we will come and get you for doing what you've done.
0: Charles, I'm completely for on that. board yep. with you. Mm, yes. Charles,
3: can, I, can I just, you, you mentioned those contracts, and I've been thinking about this for a while now. It's not in the media, or it's maybe not only the agendas with the, the freedom movement, but we need to sort of put pressure on getting these, uh, the contracts actually exposed. Um, Did they suppress ivermectin and other? Uh... Let me just let me
2: just say the these contracts yeah. and the words and the correspondence between between big Pharma and government at all levels we need to get hold of, and I remind people of the tobacco cases. Remember the damage caused by tobacco, yeah. and yeah. and they had problems proving proving that the tobacco companies knew. That it was dangerous. And I say, Big Pharma knows precisely how dangerous these jabs are, these gene altering poisonous jabs I call kill shots. They know that they are. Now, in the tobacco industry, there's a Minneapolis, Minnesota tobacco case, famous case, and it came before the courts on, a, on an issue of discovery. And the tobacco company said to the plaintiffs, Well, there's a factory. There's a sorry there's a there's there's a warehouse with 15 million documents in there that's our discovery and the judge said no you don't and, t- and forced the tobacco industry to properly extract relevant documents there were one or two letters it was either one or two out of that 15 million documents that was that led that was the whole essence of the case where the tobacco company said yeah we know it's dangerous we know it kills people. We don't give, to quote you, Scotty, we don't give a shit. That's what won the case. And I'm telling you, Scott, you are absolutely on the right track. We must never forget to get hold of these documents. And Scott Morrison has declared all of their machinations cabinet in confidence for 30 years. We have to set that aside because that's a disgrace.
0: Yeah, and um, Rosie, we've just seen in that first minute and a half of the Kim Iverson video about the Pfizer-Vax data dump that's just occurred on the 1st of April this year, April uh, 2022. How do you think um, we're going to go getting a hold of those documents and using them in legal proceedings it, it, where Where is the world at with that? Can you give us an update? It's an
1: awful lot of documents. Mm. I mean, it's thousands of documents. There is a website that has all of them. Mm-hmm. It's just how are you going to find the document that you need? I, I know that our case relies on the law. We are, we are looking at where the law has been broken so we're not looking at the mandates we are not looking at whether the vaccine works or not we, our case only depends on the law okay so we're going to people take- with an interest will be able to do a search through the documents i believe there's a the word search okay i want to come
0: back to that we've got to take a real quick break right now and then rosie when we get back we'll talk more about that rosie where, where were we at just there? You were talking about a website that contains all of the Pfizer documents. What is that website for our viewers? I'm sure everyone would want to know. Have I caught you? You know, I Googled it. I've caught you off guard, haven't I?
1: Yeah, you have. Uh, but i I get sent an awful lot of links through hmm. my network hmm. and one of them sent me the link. I can see if I can find it so that you can add it somewhere. We could put that
0: in the Where you're going to post below. the
1: podcast.
0: Yeah, we'll put that in the description below for everybody. But yeah, I'll, I'll find it. the link for you. I totally yeah, that, get it. Um, and, yeah, sorry, mate. Um, oh, the, the, the,
3: that doesn't include the, the Pfizer contracts that Australia
0: has signed, though, does it? I mean, no,
1: the, the government's no. keeping those that, confidential.
0: The next thing yeah, I will say that's been kept secret now, well, we got to get something. these secret
3: contracts these
0: guys had and expose it. Yeah. Doesn't that just say it all, though? Uh, yeah, it's a criminal cabal
3: running the show of uh, global elites. How many people actually made the decisions on what the policy is? Uh, it's, I mean, there was, you know, no, no, no democratic processes were, were involved in any of this stuff for the last two and a half years.
0: So, from a legal perspective, yeah. for, for you three, Is there any chance that we'll ever see the these contracts? Do you think?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I do.
0: What time frame are we talking about, do you think? Well, the the simple, the simplest
2: framework for thinking about is, is three months, three years, or 30 years and the three months will be the next election because if people wake up and, and put liberal labor nationals and greens last so that the decision makers from the emerging let's not call them the minor parties is the emerging parties so that we have a House of Representatives of 151 seats my, my vision is that we have 40 liberal 40 labor and 71 71 emerging parties. And everything becomes a haggle. And part of that haggle, and that will also be replicated in the Senate, is that you don't have some, some maniac like Scott Morrison come along and scratch his bum in the morning. And say, so here's a new idea that then governs Australia's future, that he has to haggle. And I think there's a lot of merit in the haggling because Mark McGowan and Daniel Andrews, they have overstepped the mark because they have not had to haggle in parliament and it's the haggling when the four of us are talking about an idea we get a much better outcome when we fight with each other than one person making up some idea based on many times inexperienced bureaucrats who have never been in business in their lives
0: well it's the contest of ideas isn't it which is what our society is really built on Um, why is it that the contest of ideas has suddenly become so illegitimate?
2: It's because be- I have an answer, Andrew. I have a real. I have an answer to that because I've thought about this long and hard. Hmm. It's the twenty-four-seven news cycle. So even in the last month, Labor has announced that they, all of their candidates can only say what the party headquarters say they can say, and so that's because. That's because parties are paranoid. If, if, you know, if the Liberal Party says, I endorse you, Andrew Hughes, to be our candidate, but don't you dare say something that's going to harm the party. Because mm. if you say something, bang, the media gets it. It gets fleshed all over the internet. And now there's this massive centralist control so all of the all of the major parties are have become like communism, you know, totally controlled narrative and no battle of ideas.
0: And Charles, right at the moment where we're we're in such great debt, um, where you know all of these things, these world changing things, are going on, and over here in Western Australia, the McGowan government gave the me- mainstream media industries a $41 million tax exemption. What on earth is that about? Um, I've got my own ideas, but I'm interested to know, over in Victoria, have you guys seen a similar kind of... Absolutely. Everybody
2: just watched the Channel 9 footy show when Mm -hmm. Nathan Brown dared to question Damien Barrett on the on Ollie Wines having a heart attack. By mm-hmm. the way, Ryan Campbell, the cricketer, just came in the news today. So he questions Damien Barrett. Well, the question is, was that caused by the jabs? And now pressure is being put on Nathan Brown to withdraw his question. Why? Because Peter Costello is the chairman of Channel 9. Mm-hmm. Why would he do that? Because he's good mates with Scott Morrison and Greg Hunt. And and. And Scott Morrison is paying paying big, mark, big bucks to all the mainstream media, as is Daniel Andrews, mm. provided they stick to the narrative. And so any of on-air talent that questions the narrative immediately gets censored. That's the game that's happening. And that's why. That's the control. Or that's the fear narrative. That's why they're getting away with it. And that's why this show is important, Andrew. 100%. The
1: thing that... I found really would, would I be
3: overstepping the lines if I said that Shane Warren may have died because of the jab? Absolutely. That's my view. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, no. Look, I think that the many people are dying from the jab. I think the Australian government's complicit in it. The bureaucrats that are running this thing, I'm just saying for the record. Um, you know, I know people who have pericarditis and myopericarditis. I think there's three sort of levels. There. So there's pericarditis myocarditis and as myopericarditis, I believe. But anyway, I'm not a doctor, but anyway, I've seen the diagnosis from the hospitals that people are getting very, very clear. Australian citizens, residents are going for the jabs. They're getting, and they're having heart damage. They're having strokes and they're young people. And these guys were young and fit. So I know um, about half a dozen, I guess. One guy spent 20 days in hospital. And another guy I know spent four days in hospital, and it says clearly caused by Pfizer on the on his medical, medical stuff.
0: Clearly. There's Pfizer quite a bit it. of that coming out now. There's yeah. quite a bit of that coming out. And, of course, in children, you traditionally don't see myocarditis or any of those sort of things at all, generally speaking, and now it's going through the roof, and now they're trying to tell us in the media that that's quite normal. Well, let me...
2: Let me me reinforce what Scott just said and why we're fighting the fight. Andrew, if you give me permission to share my screen, I'm going to show you something that arrived in my inbox this morning. Oh, please. Which which proves that large numbers of people, silent minority, sorry, the silent majority, Scott, are agreeing with what you just said Mm. and, um, Andrew, you'll need to let me share my screen, which you haven't done yet.
0: Oh, okay. How do I do that? Oh, my God. Participants. Yep. And
2: you find my name. Everybody, dear dear viewers, you do this. You click on... Find my name. and We go to more. That's correct. And I'll
0: go make hosts.
2: There you go. Make me host for the moment. and I'll make you host back in a moment. Okay. And... It's continuing to record, everybody. That's how you enable someone to share the screen. I will now share my screen. And this is a UK government report from this morning, today, the 19th of April. Read this. UK oh. government reports admits 19.2 million people in England have not had a single dose of a COVID-19 vaccine and another 12 have refused a second or third dose. That's 31
0: million people so yes so, shared it? this um with me yesterday so i have read this article it's what do you think, it is isn't it what do you think the numbers are like in australia because nothing, i think nothing like what the government's telling us so everybody yeah.
2: that's that's this is wonderful news and and i'm what's one of the things scott when talking about truth, we need to find out what the real numbers are because there's no way 90% of people are having these jabs when you look at those UK numbers. Yeah. Now, Andrew, I'm going to make you the host now so that I okay. don't... Okay,
0: thank, thank you. Thank you, Charles. Uh, look, on that point, um, has everyone here heard of the Bidemans, not Biden, not Joe Biden, the Bidemans um, principles of coercion? This was a man who was a psychologist that I believe in 1957 developed. uh, He did a study of all of the world war um, interrogation techniques that have been sort of developed to that point. And then he put together his 12 principles of coercion. Now, when you read through those principles, you can quite clearly see that that was a script that has been followed certainly by the the West Australian government. Um, And one of those, I think it's number 10, actually, I think that's where we ended up at, was to deny people, you know, the nice little things that kind of keep life going, which in this case was over here in the West, we were denied the ability to buy alcohol now that only lasted for two weeks. The reason being is that there was so much money being lost that there was a there was an outcry from from the, the 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 you know the the grog shops. And I thought to myself, right, at that point, this is going back, you know, what, at least six weeks ago now. I thought, aha. So the numbers are quite significant then. If it's affecting business that badly, the number of people who haven't been vaxxed uh, is quite large. Rosie, what do you say to that? You're on mute.
1: Oh, look, um, Mr. McGowan does all of his policies based on polls. Mm. And sadly for Mr. McGowan, um, there's an awful lot of astroturfing happening. And AstroTurfing is on um, all social media where they're fake accounts and they're all the ones you can pick them. No one ever corresponds with like that. They do a lot of posting, but nobody ever agrees or disagrees with them. There's never any likes or dislikes. We actually studied this in university and it's very, very common. So. Do you, you mean you like at-
0: almost like bot posts where they yeah,
1: but these are saturated, paid Saturated.
0: It's it's a, it's a saturated message.
1: These Not are saturated. paid people hmm. who have like ten or twenty fake accounts, hmm. and they will go onto Facebook, Twitter, everywhere, and they will push hmm. a message. And one or two of them will say the opposite. And then they will argue with themselves and come to the final conclusion, like in Mark McGowan's case, oh, yes, he has saved us all. Mm. Now, I have seen astroturfing in action on one of my blogs where the person who was posting didn't realise that I could see email addresses. And this woman was literally having an argument with herself on my blog post. So... Wow at the beginning, five of the personalities she was posting with were saying how good I was and how brilliant my analysis of the issue. This one personality came up and said, no, 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 this isn't right because, and by the end of this discussion, all of her personalities agreed that I was nothing but an idiot. And the banks were absolutely correct in how they deal with customers. and. You know, yeah. I could see that it was the one woman doing the whole the lot.
0: whole lot. And Charles, you've over there in Victoria, Melbourne, you've just recently had quite a, a fame what's well, now quite a famous case of that, uh, with the rebel media team. Are you aware yes. of that? Yes, so only only in the, in the court periphery, it's
2: but it's
0: now in but the courts.
2: Yeah, that's, oh, sorry, I haven't said it in, in the course, but what Rosie's describing is precisely what happens. And, and Daniel Andrews has got the biggest social media operation happening of all time. Like he's got over a million friends on Facebook and the Prime Minister's got 120,000. So his, the, the Labour Party has done a magnificent job in funding these people to pay them to put posts up and attack anything that needs to be attacked. So, Mm -hmm. this, and at the same time, here we have, we we started this show talking about YouTube censoring us for the voice of the people, for the genuine voice of the people. But no, we don't want to hear that. We would rather allow the paid voice of the people. So, coming back to the vitamin, was it vitamin? Vitamin's
0: principles of coercion. Principles Mm -hmm. of coercion, worth
2: looking at, everybody, because when you can see that. It really is
0: get everyone get it read through it you you need to take a little bit of time to consider what it's actually saying but um and perhaps we could do a call uh, uh, another video discussing all of the points because mm. it is very interesting and particularly when you start to understand what it's actually saying you can actually see that the the the, the steps described in these coercion principles is exactly what's happened here in australia and i'm sure around the rest of the world scotty have you seen much of that sort of thing on your channels i haven't at least i'm not aware of it yet
3: okay. i don't have facebook um but you look youtube's been censored yeah i've been hit, hit numerous times so the youtube channel that i recently have is uh, been hammered by the uh, you know, you've got warnings and so forth and limit limitations. Definitely censorship's happening. it's um, and everybody that, and most of the people that I know that are independent media guys are getting their stuff. Uh a friend of mine just had his entire account removed, yeah. Uh, two days Max ago. Freedom,
0: Max Freedom on YouTube just being deleted. Yeah, crazy. And
3: basically, you know, you see a lot of these guys on the social media on the YouTube, the, the, the channels, they disguise the word COVID. You know, there's yeah. different. Uh, look, I'm not really uh, a social media uh, I, I Like I said, I don't even have Facebook. But, you know, if you look at, like, um, some of the, the sort of personalities, um, Salty Cracker, he's, he swears all the time on, you know, and has this, uh, he, he goes off on all the, you know, the, the globalist agendas and so forth. But, you know, they just, I think he calls it the coof. Um, there's enough, yeah. you know, I, I saw oh, yeah. um, J.P. Sears go, when he mentioned the word COVID, he, he went, blah, 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 blah. you know. Yeah, just, yeah, I'll, I've I'm seen
0: a lot it. of that. Look, I don't know, you, you two, you know, Rosie's disappeared for a second, but um, you other two guys are YouTubers or you produce videos on social media. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. I refuse to do that sort of stuff. I think that that is just playing the game with those social media companies. Yeah. I refuse to play that game, and I think
2: that's very wise. I would. not
0: I'm, I'm yeah.
2: moving because this made this problem only started with um, COVID rocking up. So we've learned our lesson. I'm up to episode of 107 of my show. And uh, so I just need right. to move it across, and I've got a lot of I've got a lot of shows on Rumble that I put up there from a from twi- a discussion group twice a week, similar to this, where between 80 and 200 people come, doctors, scientists, lawyers, talking about this stuff, and then it's on Rumble because you can't put it up onto YouTube. So very wise, Andrew, don't play the YouTube game, and dear, yeah. what I don't know. What I don't know is um, whether Rumble or an alternative uh, search video video search facility is available because YouTube's fantastic when you don't know how to solve a problem on your computer, that's or right. if you want to know how to change your tire, bike tire.
0: I oh, know yeah. that's the great shame. Fix a, uh, picture washing machine. Somebody's got a
3: video on it, you know.
0: That's right, and I use it all the time. I've done so much education on YouTube. It's not funny. I mean, I think just about everything I'm doing right now has been learned on YouTube. But uh,
1: these videos will remain. So I think we'll we'll have the the YouTube for the go to videos for mm. you know if you need to learn something, and we will have the other channels for True. you know. When we need to discuss the important things in life that affect all of our freedoms.
0: Yeah, so I'll just throw it out there. I'm going to continue to post on YouTube, but I'll be using every video as an opportunity to take my audience over to Rumble. Um, I've got a plan already. I can picture what I'm going to do in my head. Um, That's, I think, where we need to be at. And, Scotty, uh, for you, mate, I I, I wanted to tell you that... um, I've already started working on a T-shirt that um, I'm going to go and get ready for the next lot of rallies that are upcoming here in Perth, and um, it's going to be "Follow Me on Rumble." And on Rumble th- on, I'm, yeah. I think I'm even get, even going to put a QR code on my T-shirt because. One of the things that I find really really works well, I, I don't carry business cards, and I, I know I probably need to do that, but um, I have my my trusty microphone with the mic flag and the logo for the Bellman Report, so that one uh, gets photographed a lot. <laughs> so then people can go go back and look look me up. Uh, so I think the next step even if it was on the mic flag is to literally have a QR code which I think Very really good
2: a good idea good that idea that I like
0: it. it so you can you can get your audience switched over right then and there no no mucking around but we definitely yeah. need to start promoting Rumble You
3: might you also might want to consider Odyssey um, that probably that's it's it's very it's really, very similar to YouTube but I haven't – yeah, you guys heard of Odyssey? Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, the,
3: But I, another, I think he's, your video is going to be lower quality. Apparently, you you know, it's um, – It's
0: only 720p. Apparently, yeah. yeah. I put
3: one up there. It was 1080, and it didn't work very well. So, Right. You gotta,
2: and the other site that I recommend people go to to get uncensored material <laughs> is Mike Adams' So yes. brighteon.com, one word.
0: Mike Adams is amazing. Of course, he, he. I think, made his name through Infowars, the Alex Jones show. I'm a huge fan. Um, anyway, let's wrap that up. Um, any final comments, Rosie? We're, we're right at the one-hour mark now, so we, we need to wrap this up. What what would you like to quickly chat about? Is there any Ah.
1: Uh- all I was gonna say earlier was um I I did one YouTube video on a brand spanking new channel. I'd done it was a legal analysis of uh, Mr. McGowan's mandates and it got me a strike within 10 minutes of publishing. And it was a legal analysis, Unbelievable,
0: isn't it? It doesn't of the
1: mandates.
0: It doesn't matter how it wasn't people. opinion. Mm. Yep, if it, it doesn't just mean, going through it, the law. It didn't meet the narrative, Rosie. Charles, uh, you know. Final comments from you.
2: Yes. Anybody who has suffered an adverse event from being jabbed or has a family member who has been jabbed, please prepare a one-page testimony with a picture of the person. And send that one-page testimony to municipal, state and federal politicians because there's going to be an avalanche of these reports and I want want none of these politicians able to say, oh, we didn't know these were so dangerous.
0: Hmm. Rosie, before, sorry, Scotty, before I get to you, I wanted to ask you, Recently, uh, we created a video where we presented some documents to the police commissioner here in Western Australia. What is the latest with that? Um, wh- I know that they didn't respond within the proper time limit, which I think is two weeks. Yeah. Um,
1: they had that? 21 days.
0: Right. Um, We're at the 21 days now, I believe.
1: But... They never responded, mm-hmm. so the next step is to report them to the Corruption and Crime
0: Commission. Okay, I thought that had already taken place, but you're saying it hasn't and it's about to. No,
1: no, we're we're about to,
0: to do to take it there. Right.
1: Because he wanted to wait to see if he would get a response um, because, you know, mail's a bit... Bit rubbish at the moment so and there's been no response didn't, at
0: didn't all come. no communication
1: there's
0: been
1: no response not not even it's not our job so i, I been...
0: think i need to go and do another video out the front of the police headquarters to talk about that i think that's the next thing i said in a previous video scotty i don't know how you feel about this but i i made a promise to the police that i would hold their their feet to the fire in every case we um recently uh, did a video outside of um, the Perth zoo where uh, it's school holidays at the moment for everyone who's watching around the world, whatever Um, we're here in Western Australia and we have um, in, in Perth, the capital city, we have a zoo and the kiddies were being offered free entry for the day. If you took the jab, shocking, And and I think you were getting your face painted as well, which is even more exciting. Um, That's disgusting. But anyway, we had a police detective there. I I haven't previously um, had any interactions with the detectives. I've had a lot of police interactions over the last couple of months in doing uh, all of these videos and uh, at protests and all. But we had a detective... Threatening one of the protesters that he was going to make it personal if that protester um, called him rotund just one more time. Now he didn't ever call the, the the detective by name, and when I'm when I'm say calling, he was on a loudspeaker, sprouting the facts and figures from the Bureau of Statistics about. The true nature of COVID and who truly is statistically at risk of any major issue from catching COVID, um, all kinds of facts and figures. And we can all use our imaginations about that one. Uh, anyway, this guy came over, this detective, and he straight away started making problems for everybody and there were actually two people arrested um now from that point onwards he was a little bit plump this guy john the man on the loudspeaker at the event kept calling him rotund and it was very entertaining but he never once used this man's name but anyway, so then we did this over two days. So this happened on the first day. The next day we get there, another person arrested straight away within the first few minutes, purely for asking one of the nurses at the jab clinic questions around vaccination of children where there's the the parents are in disagreement over it. And the answer was, for everyone who's interested, is you only need one parent to give permission to get the kid jabbed and then it's all legal and legit and we can go ahead. Anyway, so this man was arrested straight away. So then the, 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 the discussion ensued where uh, the detective was threatening um, another person that had taken his photograph that you weren't, you weren't going to use, you, you're not allowed to use my image And I just happened to be standing there and I said to him straight up, well, I'm sorry, sir, but the video footage I shot of you making, threatening to make things personal is going up within the next two hours. I'll make you that promise. And it did. And it was very popular. It's still doing quite well on YouTube. Um, Um, So
1: speaking of nurses, it's really interesting because I had a home visit today from a nurse Mm. and She shall remain nameless, but she was the first one to say when she had to get the jab to keep her job that when she had to sign the consent form, she said, I made it very clear that this isn't valid consent because I'm being forced to do it. Mm. And, you know, everyone there just rolls their eyes and takes it anyway. And she, for one, can't wait for it all to end because this is the biggest BS and she knows so many nurses Mm. who are vaccine
0: injured. Look, um, I think you're about to open a whole other can of worms there. The um, uh, informed consent issue is one of my passions. Um, We need to wrap it up, though. So with that, Scotty, have you got any final comments for the video?
3: Well, look. Basically, just remember everything that the government has done has been regarding the, the pillars of all their policies are completely fake. Uh, they they're falling apart. We got to get those contracts and just encourage everybody, out, anybody listening out there, and and our group here, guys. We we probably should connect more and exposing. Get let's get these contracts out and let's go after them as robert said and a few other um a few of the brave politicians that are actually standing up
0: uh, yeah that's fair thank you for that mate um let's go into right, the
3: jugular and get them
0: let's get them um yes yeah, so i want to produce a lot more of these discussions um for my channel and and um we've we've got quite a few new things coming along um, for everyone who's just happens to be watching this, you can also, you will also find this video as a podcast on Podbean under the name The 8 News Show. It's, uh, we've only got a couple of podcasts up there at the moment, but we are going to be having that at least three shows a week. Um, so, please, everyone, go look for the eight news show on Podbean. And with that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Hope we can do this again sometime. And thank you so much for coming along today.
3: Nice thank to meet you, you guys. You. Nice to meet you. Thank